wait, is it your turn or is it is it my turn? I don't know. Everyone who's the, who's the dead? Who's the, who's turn? Wait, no, it's it's Liam's turn. Hello and welcome to the Dad and the Sons podcast, wait, wait, featuring no, a little bit more. Oomph. I don't I don't have the bass that you do. I can't do that. I'll add bass in the background. Right, okay. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can hum that. Now just adding rumble. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Yeah. Three, two, one. Hello. <laughs> oh my god, that you guys. The timing. It's, it's probably out of sync. You know, that's probably what it is. Probably not our ability, but yeah. just you know your internet. <laughs> Yeah, that's We're gonna, gonna see as as time goes on in the future if I can slide the time of our humming up in the present to create a new version of the past. What are you talking about? We're all looking at each other right now in the Dan Sun's office. What what is this? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That exists. I mean, if it didn't, we damn well fucking deserve one by now. Mm-hmm. But yes, yes. Welcome. To the Dad and Sons podcast, where oh, we welcome. might be your dads or your sons. It depends on what kind of side of the bed you woke up that morning. It might be your daughters, too. It might be your daughters or your mothers or your wives or your sisters. Um, joining me, as always, are two of my closest and bestest chums in the world. Matt Visual. Hello, Matt. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks. Let's crack a lacking. Crack a lacking good, son. Thanks. Crack a lacking. And also, George Viedman. Hello, it's, it's hello, it's, George. It's, it's this boy. It's messy George. It's messy George. <laughs> curious George. Extremely too curious for his own good George. What you been doing, boys? We've been uh, serving drinks to cute anime girls. Yeah. Oh yeah, you've both been playing the same game. We've been on a roll with this kind of synergy. Mm-hmm. We've actually started to become like <laughs> real life podcasters. Uh, Coverages yeah. <laughs> people who coverage video games. <laughs> it's 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 almost like we uh were we're actually deliberately trying for once in our lives. <laughs> but you haven't been playing a new game. Uh, it is. Oh well, it's like a not. year or so, isn't it? Right? Yeah, not 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 this week. I I I. Uh... What's new? What's new and, and exciting? Huh? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you Man. soon. But you guys indulge me with your bar tale, uh, your bar tales. Um, I was saying last week or the week before that, uh, during the questions. I think it was last week. Yeah, um, yeah, it was that there wasn't uh, a game, a sci-fi game, where someone's um, living out their regular lives, and uh, a viewer sent us in Valhalla. V A one one H A one one A A yeah we're just gonna call it Valhalla we're just gonna call it Valhalla it's like Val one Hal one A right yeah and and as we mentioned last week you know we're all sort of on the come down from Sekiro we need we need a bit of a calmer pace in our lives yeah and holy shit is it calm. It's pretty I, calm. I, I was actually surprised by how minimal the the gameplay elements are and and wh- how how it truly is a, a visual novel more. And I gotta say, um, <clears throat> uh, people are gonna judge me here, but uh, I've played <laughs> I've played some visual novels. Oh, I'm already judging. Ooh. Ooh. I've played some visual novels, and some of them are quite good. 
must say. Um, do, do you know what? Do you know what? A quick aside to that, I found really intriguing this year. You know how like the April Fools, like every video game company wants to do like an April Fools joke, mm-hmm. like a fake video game announcement or like a spinoff of their main series. The one trend I saw this year that was kind of like I felt bad for people who are into visual novels is like. The joke this year was like every game company was making a visual novel spin-off of their series. Dude, I, I must have seen about ten fake video game announcements that were like popular franchises that were all of a sudden becoming visual novels just for the joke. And I was like, wow, the visual novel community must be pretty pissed off today being the butt of the joke for the whole <laughs> games industry. But Damn. there you go. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't care about them that much to get offended. Which 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 ones have you played? Which ha- which ones have I played? Yeah, uh, uh, we don't need to get into that. Okay, I can hear the sweat bead. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> you've been you've been truly digging deep into the Japan territory. I bet you were digging deep into a hole. <laughs> All right, let me let me see. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> Checking that Steam list. Most played games of 2019. I remember this game. Um, about a girl in a wheelchair. That was pretty good. And I can't okay. remember the name. The it's it's about okay. you you you're part of a club and you get to fly. I, I don't remember the names. So something it's like something like, Oh, um, you're my wings or something like that. It's some oh weird name. Oh my like that. god, that sounds saccharine. That sounds <laughs> sweet and sour and excessively cute and fucking kill me. Matt, you are my way. It was like, I don't know if it was free on Steam or something like that. It was something like that and I, I tried it out. And it was actually quite interesting. I was like, oh, okay. This is not bad. Did you finish it? Huh? God. Did you finish it? Yeah. Ooh. Did you fly? Did you fly away? Yes, yes. There, there's more where you fly. It's, so yeah. is, is Valhalla... A visual novel? It's not like that. It's a visual novel with a little drink mixing mini game attached, but with no fail state. So it actually so, has gameplay. Yeah, but it's extremely basic, extremely easy gameplay. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are some drinks that are not on the menu. That Just you can... like most bars? Yes. Um they are um and and you can kind of unlock extra characters that way too um i played like quite extra a bit bartenders no no uh extra clients ah clientele, clientele. Ah. um for the most part it's very easy you just have to kind of pay attention to your drinks and what they mean and um like there might be a history for the piano man and this guy might come in trying to be cryptic about what he orders just for the sake yeah. of it. I you want know. something bitter and strong and also girly and sweet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's kind of like based on requests. kind of. Yeah. Thing. Uh-huh. So you flick through the menu, see what matches the description and then mix it. And if you fail at mixing it, you just try again. If you serve them the wrong thing, they'll be like, this isn't what I wanted. And then the conversation will still go as normal, resulting in slightly less money at the end of the day, but not... I don't. I haven't felt like a real squeeze yet to this this economy they have going. Yeah. W- w- mm, oh, okay. So you're at like the. F- There's like another chapter. I didn't know that. I, I think <laughs> it's day four that I uh, left off at last night. So I'd be starting awesome. day five when I hop back on. Yeah. Um. 
the next bill is higher. So did you find out what that first bill was? Yeah. Uh, no, it just says subscription to something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, is it, is it funny? Is, is it a nice chuckle? Yeah. And you could miss it. You can miss it. But yeah, it's um, not like if you're not paying attention, you can miss it. But yeah. Um, because if you don't remember what you're paying for and then they just like she because she doesn't give any indication that she has it and when she when she mentions the prescription subscription um so okay okay i'll i won't i won't spoil it for you but it is kind of funny um <laughs> um but yeah i i actually <laughs> i actually quite actually quite like it it's it, the music is really dope what do you think about the music i think it's pretty dope i think yeah. it's 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 great <laughs> very important question matt yeah <laughs> scan lines scan lines on or off i take them off ah oh, this They're is too thick one for me. very minority i'm not i don't often choose this this is the one game where i i flicked them on i think it looks and sounds super hella cool when you're just basking in 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 the <laughs> The the shitty pixel art dystopia with with rad neo eighties midi synth and and like a garish scanline filter that's really one of like the better ones I've seen actually but yeah I, I like atmosphere and and aesthetics are just just mwah, top notch. Uh, the all right, so the subjects that they talk about, yeah, that's a little rocky road. It's a rocky road. If this alert, this is this is certain certain um, conversations that they have, especially about women. That I'm like, ooh, oh, they're filthy. I'm, I really hope that's a woman on the team to kind of share some prescript prescript blah, perspective <laughs> prescription. I was gonna say <laughs> prescriptions for some reason, um, uh, because I don't. I I feel weird when I hear this come. I'm wondering which characters you might be talking about. Perhaps uh, I don't know the underage sex robot. <laughs> so okay, I I I'm I'm intrigued though. Like a lot of the conversations do seem like like really almost borderline disturbing like the newspaper editor especially like i would love it if there was a button to just ask him to leave because for all the talk they say about valhalla being this this comfy cute quirky sit back with the beer and chillax game that guy made me very uncomfortable and um I'm I'm wondering though if there's like merit to that if that's the point. point. I've, I've heard lots yeah. about this game over the past couple of years, and one was that the conversations can be a lot more disturbing and thought provoking than they initially let on, and and I bet by like diving into to uncomfortable uh, topics of of cyberpunk gender inequality, then then this might be the the authorial intent. Is is the weirdness we're feeling at this early stage? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a, I'm deeper in, and it does. The characters are are a little bit more complex than just like, oh, I'm this, this, and this. You know, there's more to them than that. And um, the conversations that they do have, it's not all like. It seems to soften the blow of some of the conversations that they have. Because before you don't know the characters and they're, you know, they're coming in, they're saying stuff. And then, uh, you know, that's your first impression. But after a while, you kind of learn about their past or they learn about what just happened to them and how they dealt with it. And you, 
it kind of changes your pers- perspective of uh, how you look at them and how the game is trying to portray them instead of like just that gut-wrenching first impression. And I think it does, so far, a decent job at that. Um, it's still a little weird for me sometimes because it's just like, okay, these are this is created by a bunch of guys. <laughs> Hopefully I'm wrong by that. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. It's still a good game, I, I feel, like so far anyway. I'm on like chapter two right now and things are like a little bit different. Um, and plus the bill that you have to do is a lot higher, which means you can't buy a bunch of stuff. I don't, I don't, I, I don't get that mechanic at all. If like you can just buy everything, what happens if you miss everything else? Yeah, what happens if you can't pay rent? I think you get distracted, and then you mess up your job, and then maybe you get fired. I don't know. It's 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 a weird game. Do they they write scenarios for that or? I I, well, I, I guess I'd I have don't. To see. I yeah, you have to you have to test it out. Um, I would say um, it's. Did you do it with a drink? It's a very relaxing game. Um, oh, oh, wow. Uh, yes, I did. And I, I actually, I did want to, you know, fact check you to, to cover our basis this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at the credits. The writer is a Fernando and uh, the character designer is a Christopher. So may, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you're, you're It's a bunch of dudes. Yeah, I, I kept looking. I was like, all right, who's in the studio? Because it says the studio, right? And I... Can't find who's in this thing. It was it's called like like pouty boss girl games with with cute anime girl logos and cute anime girl arts and cute anime girl games. They're they're I, I don't want to get too too deep on the subject, but it's like you're a guy. Yes, you can be aware about I, what I, I got something for you though. Yeah that, that, yeah, that clarifies some stuff. Okay, good. They're from Venezuela. <laughs> yeah, really interesting um, dynamics to the development of this game's um, um, story and setting. Actually, the the, the hyperinflation and How the the empty grocery shelves you see at the dystopia in the beginning of the of of the game are are informed by people who who had to deal with that shit IRL. Oh, but I mean, it's still guys. So. Oh, well, you're, you're talking about yeah, like the, writing the overall, overall underage okay. sex girl robots talking about how she's like really really eager to bang everyone she encounters and 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 yearns for it and and very explicit language it's uh yeah they don't hold back one i've really met anyone like that in my life can i say i have i have they they do exist (laughs) they do exist um not not um not a sex worker but i've you know like when behind closed doors, you know, when people are not trying to act a certain way in front of people, you know, when people just let go. Um, yeah, but they're in a bar kinda, together in, in public. Well, it's 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 a shady bar where which has a few regulars and barely anyone else in it. What do you think of the newspaper guy? Say it. The newspaper guy. The newspaper guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he is so trash. <laughs> He's trash. Well, we gotta die. He's, he's comically corrupt. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I could say that guys don't think that way, but man, let me tell you, guys but, are but guys that's, are that's the dynamic, isn't it? Like, like he's being way, way more upfront and public about it. 
I, I, mm. guess, I guess kind of the, the opposite side of, of not the same coin, but a similar coin? Mm-hmm. Of the same thing? Yeah. I don't understand how he keeps his job. I don't understand how he has friends. Are you kidding me? There's, there's plenty of guys like that who are at the top, and you wonder how they're at the top. How? Like, how, how, how is it even possible? How does anyone do business with, with someone who will openly say, oh, yeah, I like you because you're conventionally attractive and, and make my dick hard. And then they sit down and order a drink and the bartender is just like, here you are, sir. Instead of being like, sir, I'm going to I'm going to have to ask you to uh, simmer it down like that's maybe that's the dystopia they're living in. The, the, they can't ask customers to simmer down their language dystopia. <laughs> the, 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 they can't do anything about sexual harassment dystopia. Um, Yeah. So what they've created is that that's it's like the old days where that was just like you just have to deal with it. And I'm pretty sure certain bars you just have to deal with it. Like, what do you think about the girls who work at Hooters? You uh, think, I, I'm, you think I they don't have to deal with that on a daily basis? I mean, obviously that guy goes an extra step. I expect they do and that it takes a very specific kind of personality to have a lot of tolerance for that. Yeah. Oh, I, I, what I think about them is that they're probably very patient. Very patient over some dumb, <laughs> drunk idiots. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the newspaper editor would have earned my patience. <laughs> okay, we're diving, we're diving so deep into this. <laughs> we're diving so deep. Do you like it? <laughs> Poor Liam is in the background. I'm waving like, my hand. I just find, I, I find it ironic that we were talking about characters that. Uh, uh, we were talking about characters from a female perspective written by men, and then you guys went on a tangent talking about women at Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what, what, which is kind of why I wanted to like like veer the focus away from 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 the underage sex robot character. That shit's just. Fucking, I don't even know if I want to talk about it until seeing how the rest of her story goes. I mean, you know, even though even though they're Venezuelan developer they definitely seem to be rather inspired by japan their name is uh sukeban games and on their twitter they say nihongo okay so they're definitely heavily inspired by japan and that kind of thing okay let's let's clarify some things because just in case you didn't turn off the episode already or, or <laughs> maybe maybe george edited up some some of that <laughs> they chopped it up like a nice salad um the sex worker is She's not a child. She is a robot. She's a robot, yeah. And she looks wants like to a child. stay a child because it gives her more customers. Oh, oh, that's weird. Yes. Okay, so you didn't get to that part yet? Chapter well, it four? Was, it was implied. I, mean, I think I've had okay. uh, two encounters with her so far, and all of them talk about the the very particular dynamics of 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 her trade and mm-hmm. and how yeah that that does make her a uh, a, a more popular um service provider yeah. that's yeah. fucking weird and and they do talk about why she's so she she comes at why she's so thirsty sex yeah why she comes at uh her job at a very childish manner like I think that might be addressed later on because they do mention it. It's not like it's just she's just this character and no one really understands why that uh, they do mention it. Um, so, I mean, we I haven't finished it yet, so I can't really tell you. 
and I wouldn't want to spoil it for you anyway. So, <laughs> no. if you continue and don't drop it like Sekiro, oh, Ooh. okay. Oh. I'm, I'm 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 waving my hands. I'm leaning towards yes. I've also heard that it's really really short. It's a non-issue to play. Like uh, you just double click your mouse a lot through mm. some text, listen to some music, sit back in your chair, occasionally flick drinks with some satisfying um, um, papers, please esque tactile feel to a pixel art table menu, and uh, see how these stories go. I have no issues with much stuff other than yeah, some of the stereotypes and topics that they're tackling seem like they are like like kind of rubbing me the wrong way at the beginning but i expect these characters to get sloppy drunk depressed at some point and mm. open up through through some con- bar si- <laughs> bar counter confessions that are going to make them more interesting alcohol is and, a very uh, interesting tool on on liam's note i think one of them did move to japan uh, uh, presumably because it's... it's... You know, it's really funny. Like, I'm casting my mind back. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure last year I actually met the guy who made it. Of God, God dang it, Liam. you did. Oh, God oh dang my it. God. Honestly, no, I, no, like, I'm just... Because I remember at Bit Summit <laughs> there being a Valhalla booth. And then I remember, because in Japan, it was being published by Playism, I think, which is one of the Japanese, like, English language games into Japanese indie games, so Japanese audiences can play it. There's, like, two major publishing companies over here, Playism and Dangan. And at the time, some people who now work at Dangan were working at Playism, who were good friends of mine, and they were working with those guys or something. I remember, because obviously Venezuelan developers is not very common. Probably not going to be living in Venezuela these days either. Yeah, I know the, the, the Brazilian guy who makes Momodora as well. They're like, there's a couple of people from South America who are pretty prominent developers, and they they are seemingly quite inspired by Japan and find a lot of influence in Japan. If you look at games like Valhalla or Momodora, they are heavily inspired by Japan. So it's not a surprise that they come over to like Bitsummit and stuff like that. Even more interestingly enough to me is that in the West, it's published by a small Welsh publisher, like a, a publisher from Wales. That's really weird. What a weird game. They made a Switch version where you can uh, shake the Joy-Con to mix the drink. Oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's, it's crazy to see that on Switch because it is not Nintendo friendly. Let me tell you, it is so far away from Nintendo friendly. Holy crap, you thought Bandit was far. Okay, yeah, if we're we're gonna get into specifics, I think there's a conversation with the underage sex doll robot who's also a sentient person. They, 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 like, have have robot rights in this universe. Um, There's a conversation where there's about three paragraphs away from her specific... From, from your bartender specifically asking if she's either supposed to look like a 12 or a 13 year old and then that character saying like oh don't you want to ravage every hole in my body for purposes they weren't intended for and that's yeah, no, I, no, 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 no 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 it didn't go like that but yeah she did say those words it was something <laughs> close to that <laughs> no like Jamie which is another guy another client 
uh, for for Gillian, which is a cross. I, I play this game way too much the past couple. <laughs> when I know names so, of characters, you know I played way too much because I never remember names. Um, are, are people going to do that in in the twenty seventies dystopia future? Jamie was also like um, he has like modified parts on his body. Was oh asking uh, Dorothy questions. And um, he was being very extremely polite, and Dorothy was just trying to be like, "Oh, my services are this," and he's James like, "No, that's not that's not what I wanted." And he he wanted to know more, right? Because he was he was like, "Okay, obviously she's a sex worker." So he asked the question, like, "How um, do um, so?" So these are the type of the subjects that they talk about in the game. It's not all about this roughness. He talks. He asked the question of nano machines or nano trackers being released onto the client after, and he he goes after dot 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 dot, and then she and then she says that line. Who and says like, that line? Yeah. Who in real life has said that line in a bar? Because that's what's Even, weird. I can, that's what's I find it hard her. to imagine a sex worker saying that line in a bar around other people. I, da- yeah, that is she is she's over the top. <laughs> she is over the top. I'm already invested. I have to finish it to see where this goes because there's no way that this game has so many positive overwhelmingly positive reviews there's no there's got to be something there yeah there has yeah. to be something there it does have like ten thousand reviews on steam and it has it holds like an average of like 10 out of 10 that's pretty yes. crazy it, it, it's 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 a beloved like i'm scrolling down the uh comments on their blog announcing the switch version and and a fan is like another version of another game that i will come back to time and time again and I, I don't know if we're there yet, Matt. I don't know if we're, we're at that part of the game yet. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to finish it and see how I feel next week. Have it. And I, I would say don't don't drink too much <laughs> because they start talking about some deep, deep issues. And you're like, wait, what? Wait, if your character... <laughs> Which I usually you guys do. have been drinking along while you play, right? They have a disclaimer in the menu asking you to. Like, nice. That is the yeah, suggested that's way to play. <laughs> and, you know, usually when I call our friends, that's what we talk about. But my gosh, like, you don't expect it the first time. You're just like, yeah, you're just getting a nice, light tipsy, and all of a sudden, some deep conversation pops, and you're like, okay, I got to pay attention here. So if you uh, get, get sloppy drunk IRL, you get sloppy drunk in the game. <laughs> if only. Anyways, um, but yeah, that's uh, Valhalla. <laughs> All right, Liam, what have you been playing? Well, speaking of Nintendo friendly, yes, there we go, there we go. I didn't want to hear about the first one. Yes, <laughs> yes. Speaking of Nintendo friendly, I have been immersed mm-hmm. in the world of tomorrow. Via uh, Epcot, uh, world of a few years ago, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. You're finally among us. Tech, technically, technically, I guess. Yeah, so I got my Labo VR kit. I've only, I've only managed to build two, three of the kits, including the goggles itself, like the, the actual VR sort of headset thing. I built the blaster and the, and the camera. So there's, there's two more that I haven't built that I need to build. But no, like. 
I, I received it on Friday. It was a lot bigger than I, I had imagined. And I was kind of looking at it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, this is going to take a while. And I was sort of, like, skim reading some reviews. We spoke about it in Discord, and I was like, oh, shit, dudes, this is getting some positive reviews. Ha, 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 ha. And um, everybody was mentioning that it takes, like, nine hours to build them all. And I was like, fuck, I don't have nine hours this year, let alone this weekend. <laughs> so um, I got incredibly drunk on Friday night. Yeah. Uh, I'd visited a bar from Valhalla. And then on Saturday, I, uh, while incredibly hungover, I uh, tasked the, my friend who was staying with me to build it for me. <laughs> I was too hungover. So he put together the blaster and the uh, goggles, and then, uh, much to my stupidity in my hungover state, I then <laughs> I spent like an hour playing VR, <laughs> which made me so sick. <laughs> so first so, impressions not so great <laughs> you got you got motion sickness well i i was just hungover so i don't think it was the vr because then the next day so on sunday this was kind of when i began my vr experience um no on sunday it was absolutely fine so you have like the you build the the headset essentially like i don't know what else to call it other than like the headset which is the sort of yellow box that you put that you hold to your face, and then what happens is with the other kits is that this headset then slots into like the front of those kits, so there's like an area in each uh, different kit: the blaster, the uh, camera, the elephant, the bird, and something else, uh, and it slots in there. So you have to build that first. So I built that, and then that has like a few mini games that you can play. Like you have, you can use the another like you hold it to your face and you can use like a joy con to uh interface with it like there's like there's like um games where you can manipulate the physics of a room and everything around you is moving in slow motion or you can like throw things and uh there's like a weird golf game where you can use one joy con to sort of smack balls into targets uh there's like a baseball game there's a kind of like standard nintendo wii sports fair and uh, you know for your first vr experience if the you know you haven't really done vr before i can imagine it's you know pretty impressive you just put together this cardboard thing and then all of a sudden you're like doing something and interfacing with this piece of cardboard it's really intriguing is it is it it crisp how's the how's the image quality okay so let's get into it of course it isn't it isn't. It does, for the most part, if you're standing straight and you're looking, like, you'll notice the pixels, but everything is pretty crisp, uh, and you can see everything. But when, when you start to move, it is definitely like you're looking through butter. Like, someone's just gone, like, fucking stuck a knife in a big, like, a big tub of butter, and just, like, smeared it all over your Nintendo Switch. Do you screen. know why that is? Uh, because I guess it's 720p on the screen and then they're splitting that into two images so it's running two different things at 480p right which is so I wanted to know because in the trailer you had Mario going all the way in the background and I was like oh no yeah no like that that's gonna be an I don't know what's gonna happen with Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild whether they're gonna like when you switch on the VR mode they're gonna like cull down the log. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Details. See, now it's weird. Now you... 
Now you don't no, no. know how it's going to go. No, no, because, like, what I was saying about, like, the head tracking and stuff, like, I'm fully understanding what they're going to do with it now. They are going to have head tracking. It's not going to be just 3D. It, it will have head tracking. This thing works incredibly well. Like, it's almost one-to-one. Like, the gyroscopes, because it's obviously using the gyroscopes, it doesn't track your actual head. It just moves wherever yeah, you're you, facing to start with you have rotation and height wait no can you can you change your height or is it all just rotation yeah no it, it's 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 360 movement you can move a whole around a whole room like in 360 motion up down it, it's it's fantastic like I, it works really well like minus the resolution which is probably for some people going to be too much I probably you guys like it's going to be too much. It's too it's too much of a jump down. It, it can be quite frustrating at times, but everything else on top of that, the way it works, it feels like seemingly one to one with your movements because you've got the thing on your head, so you you know exactly where you're moving. And the if the image was kind of slower than your actual like head movement, it would feel really weird, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. and it works really well. But what makes it kind of weirdly special now this is the thing about it like if it was just the headset and it had all these mini games and you interface with the joy cons i kind of would think like mm, do you know what it was a, it was kind of more of a miss than anything like when i tried with the goggles for the first time i was like oh this is great and they had like some 3d videos and stuff which are in super <laughs> it's like watching 240p youtube videos back in the day <laughs> but I, I was like yeah it's fine but it wasn't until I built the blaster, and the build. George, you have experience building the Labo stuff in the past. The building mm-hmm. is quite fun. Oh yes, but the the, the music it was is truly funky, a rather fresh. magical experience to play with the blaster for the first time. Yeah, I've heard a lot of positive impressions about the blaster it, specifically. What's uh, what do they have you doing with it? It's so you you you. It's basically like a kind of I guess like a shotgun. So the idea is that you have like a you don't have like a traditional trigger where it's your finger. You you have like you hold it on the barrel and then you have like you uh, sort of uh, you know like a gun handle. But the, you press your thumb in like on a button like on a cardboard button and that fires like bullets. But the idea is you fire one bullet and then you reload it. And you reload the barrel with this, like, under... There's, like, a, like a, kind of like a cardboard square underneath it like that you a, pull back and like reload. Like a shotgun lever, it looks like. <laughs> kind of like a shotgun lever. It's a, yeah, it's definitely more like a shotgun lever. But it's presented as a weird, like, sci-fi blaster. Now, on the screen, you have it right in front of you. Kind of, It's weird. It's kind of like the original Doom, mm-hmm. like, with the gun in the center of the screen right in front of your face. And everything you do, if you press the if you press the trigger to shoot, the gun on the screen also does it. And if you reload, it like does a reload animation as well. And it's one to one. But the reload, the way the like internals of the cardboard has, it has like two cardboard blocks that are tied together through elastic elastic bands. And when you pull it, it really has like a tug to it. And it feels like it goes. Yeah, yeah, Matt. Remember the fishing line? Really, yeah. really cool. Because it, you're not looking at a piece of cardboard. You're looking at like the gun in front of you. That that and rubber band like in, tension. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's, gratifying. it's super weird because you become more immersed because you feel like you're just reloading your gun. Because it, it's not like it has like a, a really tough, it's not hard to pull back, but it definitely feels like something. It feels yeah. like you're reloading yeah, your gun. Yeah, motion controls became good when VR became a thing. Like, it, it makes a real difference. that The PlayStation no, is aim not, controller is... is, is night and day yeah yeah i get i get like the having the shape like in front of you kind of thing and the trigger would be really cool Mm -hmm. but like what's so amazing about this one is maybe not the trigger itself but just the reload it feels so like tactile it really is like kind of freaks you out a little you are literally just like reloading a gun and you have to reload it to shoot on the screen so you have to do something physical outside of like being inside of the vr to do it and that kind of is what really immerses you in and the way the levels are designed it's like an on uh, it's like an on rails shooter where you're shooting like aliens it's kind of like a weirdly old school type of shooter just like loads of aliens hopping around a cityscape there's like some hidden around you can sort of do 360 motions and you can like freeze the time and try and like lock onto them rdr dead eye style kind of thing and it's really good it's easily the best one I've had so far. But it is definitely like this tactile feel that makes it really special. Because the camera itself, like, the camera is like this ocean game. Where you're underneath the water and you take pictures of fish. And also other little secrets that can appear in the stage. And you can go up and down in this hole, down to the bottom of the ocean, then up, and then right up to the surface and you can see like the whole landscape around you but what makes that super special is that you can zoom in it has like a cardboard lens on the front of it so the idea is you hold it like you're holding a camera up to the face up to your face and you there's one joy-con that's sitting at the front that you press to take the pictures and then the other joy-con is sitting inside of the lens but when you rotate the lens it goes Oh. And has like a, like an awesome feel to it. It like has like two pieces of cardboard where this cog is like constantly going while you're zooming in, and then it gets to a point where you can't zoom in anymore, and you can really feel it in the cardboard. You can't zoom in, and then you have to zoom back out, and it goes, and it's one to one every time you do it. It's fantastic. Like everything that has like a really physical. like thing to it like not like it feels like you're holding something that's the same shape or something but when you have to do like physical actions that interact with it is really when it becomes quite special yeah like the zooming in of the camera hearing the sound of like the lens clicking and then the tension of it getting to its maximum zoom and then having to zoom out the blaster doing the reload and i understand now why they have this weird like wind pedal thing that you can build for the bird so, like, when you're flying, you flap, like, this wind pedal. So, it is, like, blowing wind in your face. So, it feels like you have wind while you're flying. I absolutely, 100%... This is yeah, I 100% get that it looks absolutely dumb as fuck. So, you but have now a I get it. fan. Yeah, but now I get it. blow wind in. Because when you're in there, anything oh physical, God. like, makes you even more in there. I would honestly, for the, I, I'm going to go back to like what I said last week, for the price, especially now I've played it, it is a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm this, definitely like, going to... Like, 
pick one up over the weekend. Quest question's gonna get, be: Should I get the cheap one or the expensive one, depending on what I mean, kind of video? I mean, the expensive one has make. all of them, but the cheap one is the one that comes with the blaster. And so far, even the camera one is really fun and stuff, but the blaster is the one that truly is the fun one. And even though they're short, they're kind of short and stuff, but they have these special moments, like there's boss fights and stuff in them. And like you'll have like the the first boss in the blaster is like this giant city-sized enemy crab and you're just like staring up at this giant crab and you have to like shoot all it's kind of it's kind of like a star fox uh boss fight where you have to shoot all of its uh weak points and you're like blasting away and you have this giant crab trying to stand on you it's fucking awesome so it's really as, cool. as a longtime fan of control scheme gimmicks and and unconventional genres, I've I've always been a longtime fan of VR. The the medium kind of prods up control gimmicks and, and unconventional yeah. genres, and it's really it's, it's a big relief to like know that that Nintendo is aware and and that control gimmicks and making satisfying fun VR controllers was uh seems like like more of the focus here than, yeah, absolutely. than other the control, aspects of it the weird cardboard controls are what make this thing so special like the vr is like a means to an end it is a means to interface with this that immerses you more because it's obviously not high tech i do fear about trying to play like this becoming like what vr is now where you can play a lot of games just all the way through in in the VR headset, I don't think you'll ever be able to do that on Switch. Like, I think playing Zelda will be fun, and now it has head tracking. I'll be able to, like, jump off mountains in Zelda and, like, float down to the bottom, and I'm sure it'll be exciting for a while. But, like, the idea of playing the whole game, unless they do some weird tech tricks to, like, cull the lod, I can't imagine playing in that resolution for a long time. And it also turns out that you do not need to keep the Joy-Con slotted in after all, right? Uh, no, you Thank don't. God. Because uh, the Switch is the one that actually has the, the gyroscope inside of it. So if you can, like, hack together yourself a headset, like, uh, I've seen, I've been following, like, DIY threads for people who've uh, put, like, ski, uh, ski goggles, mm. things, like, straps attached to it, so then they can just wear it without it, and you can use a pro controller. I might actually do that. Feels like it could be a... I mean, if you fuck it up, you just buy a new one for like how, thirty dollars. It's so how cheap. How well does it feel on your face? It looks like a. It's it's actually quite comfortable. Soft padding. And yeah, it's it doesn't Do really have any padding, but because it's really light, even though it's got an, a, an actual Switch console in there, it actually feels really light compared to huh. other headsets I've worn. Are the lenses plastic or glass? They are plastic, I think. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, fair enough. They're that definitely was, kind of like a weird plexiglass type thing. Mm -hmm. They're definitely not glass. Uh, let's see, what other burning questions did we have? I It'll be... <laughs> I guess the next big stop is seeing what the uh, Breath of the Wild you know and Mario modes well? are like. Like, the best analogy I can give it is like the first time I played Wii Sports. Like, not the greatest game in the world, but so, it's just really different. This looks like more fun than Wii Sports. Just saying. I mean, I but the I'm idea that you were using a controller gimmick to interface with the game in a way that hadn't been done before kind of thing. Even though VR is definitely something that is, in other places, a much more immersive experience, like truly being in VR. 
this is like a weird like you're immersed because your body senses that you're doing physical stuff that changes the world that you're seeing in front of you yeah 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 what have you played in vr i must have have you tried vr yet other than this yeah i've I've tried it i just haven't owned it technically until now like have you tried more than a session like more than like 30 minutes of it um i did borrow a oculus rift for about a month at one point and i that was quite early days though i spent most of my time playing people's hacked together demos of like half-life 2 Uh, and stuff so no rec room or anything like that no i i played stuff like tetris effect in like vr and i've played um zone of the enders and stuff like that oh did you guys hear that super hot is uh super hot vr outsold the original yeah, they the VR made more revenue. I, and, I uh, told you it's the better version. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. Better. You remember, you remember me being a lunatic on TOVG, mm-hmm. and and Gerard was like, well, "What? Why do you like this so much? Like, what? What do you see here in this?" <laughs> like, what? I was like the lunatic. I was like, "Oh my gosh, VR is the VR super hot is the better one." And then you came over here and sweated for like. Yeah, yeah. You for, just had to strap me in for for ten I minutes, and then I was I made my decisions. <laughs> and that was but the I end of admit, that. <laughs> I will admit this makes me want to dive more into VR. I, yeah, VR is great. Ooh, it looks like they have a uh, paint a three D paint app in here too, so I can draw some. Yeah, dicks. that's that's the other right. one. So I haven't tried that yet. I got I got a scenario for uh, for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, dads and sons, and and maybe even daughters. If uh, you you have your a, a a romantic partner over on the couch, and a VR 3D paint app um, set up, uh, I I can at least attest that 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 one person in my life really appreciated it when when I 3D painted her like one of the French girls. <laughs> One of the, one of the games in the paint uh, app on the Labo VR is actually like a charades based drawing guessing game where you draw something and then you hand it to another person and they have to guess it. That's cute. Yeah, there's like quite a lot of like. I guess this is why they didn't have the strap, which is still a dumb idea, but. A lot of it is like multiplayer stuff where you go first and you take a turn and you do stuff and then you hand it immediately to someone else and then they respond or do something in the same game. Also, regarding the strap, I'm literally expecting it not to be any more complicated than like tape and an elastic band. I mean, elastic band on hair? Not a good idea. Oh, I'll just just shampoo extra hard. Just buy like a ski mask and take the goggles off. Ski goggles, take the straps off. I might, I might have some some elastic lying around here somewhere. Oh wow, hmm, questionable. What's questionable <laughs> about having basic crafting supplies for occasional video usage? Oh, for occasional murders. Vi- video usage. Are we talking about the channel or something else? Uh, I, um, I don't know. Uh, officer, why don't we take a walk outside? In, oh. Instead of in here. Uh, sure. Lead the way. Shit. <laughs> 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 I thought that was going to lead to the break, but uh, I guess I... Did you, did you enjoy Got? 
Did you enjoy God, Liam? Did I enjoy Game of Thrones? Did I enjoy Gotti? Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it being back. I enjoyed it being back. I didn't think it was a good episode. No. It's six like, episodes left. It was only an hour. Nothing happened. I mean, one thing happened. I mean, obviously, one thing happened. <laughs> one thing happened. Like, one, like one thing a, that yeah, happened. Everyone is talking about. But that's it. That's it. All the good stuff happened at the end. Like they could, it could have made like a 10 minute that episode. And that's it. Yeah. Hello, Auntie. I think they needed to go on the little like <laughs> dragon ride. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. I'm gl- I'm happy it's back though. I'm enjoying watching new stuff. Mm-hmm. It's weird. As weird as it is to say, seeing um everyone kind of join in on a collective television event. I feel like everyone's yeah. in the airport watching the last episode of Seinfeld together or something here. This is this feels like a relic from from a decade or two ago. This this kind of event. It is weird. It's kind of like the biggest TV and biggest movie event happening in one month. Mm-hmm. Strange. Yeah, I I, I kind of like that. It's like um. What was the, so the world Lord of the Rings stopping. was like that, and yeah, The Walking Dead was kind of like that too. Everyone binges shows and watches them at their at their own pace. It was surreal seeing everyone get off the internet for an hour and like yeah. like, like do something to, like together in real time. Immediately, I avoided Twitter all day and immediately just had to watch it because I knew it'd get spoiled for me. Yeah, people. Not just, that there was anything to spoil. Yeah. People just don't really care, do they? They just like to spoil things, don't they? Yeah, I feel like people are getting weirder and weirder about the spoilers and just being like, I don't care, I'll just ruin someone's day. Have we? We might have been guilty of that ourselves, I think. Have we? I'm trying to remember of... uh, About a show or a game? We definitely spoiled Valhalla, but... How many people are going to play that game? But, the, but people are coming here to listen to a discussion. When I browse through it, I don't want to see someone be like, Oh my god, Jon Snow did what? <laughs> that's, you know? that's good. That's... <laughs> I don't people come here on purpose. I feel oh, like boy. it's a little different. But yeah, people are definitely a bit more like, Oh, I, if I say the spoiler, people engage in me. On Twitter, woo. Yeah, um, yeah, and then you link your SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> How does everyone have a SoundCloud? How's that even possible? How's everyone they trying start to get a podcast music? with friends? Not yeah. technically, we have a SoundCloud. Yeah, yes. But, no, okay, wait, wait a minute. Like we're literally actual... on SoundCloud right now. Right now, <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> but this is different. This is different from some random person. Like everyone has a SoundCloud with music on it. Everyone who has a viral tweet. Isn't that weird to you? That 80% of a viral tweet has a SoundCloud link to it. Well, see, I've subscribed to my YouTube channel. There there are people who don't, and those people have webcomics. Okay, that's better. Or a YouTube channel. I haven't seen a YouTube channel link that much. No, but how many people do you know have a YouTube channel? Oh, there's plenty. But... It seems like the SoundCloud is just overwhelmingly like uh, 
more of the numbers than uh than YouTube or or or, or web comics. I barely see that. And in web comics, when you see someone draw something, someone took their time to make something. That's something totally different than someone just pooping out a tweet and then saying <laughs> I make music. It just so happened to go viral, and then you know now I make music. No, it's uh, weird. Sorry, am I being ignorant in this? I don't know. Whatever. Somebody will yell at me on Twitter. It's an interesting thing to be mad about. I'm not mad. <laughs> I never get mad. Um, at anything. I uh, I saw a silly trash movie that uh, might might be fun to talk about. Will it now? Yeah, you guys ever uh, seen clips from a 1980s movie called Teen Witch, where some really bad at rap white guys try to rap and. And uh, the, 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 the bit was called Top That. I, it, it was, it's an infamous internet clip. Um, Top That Teen Witch. I will link you guys to see if you've seen this before. Basically, I saw the, the entire movie that this clip is from. Uh, and it's a, a cheesy, schmaltzy, kitschy 1980s four-girl movie about a girl who uses magical witch powers to become the the hottest popularest girl in school and, and get get her boy but then she decides that she really just needs to believe in herself and follow her rainbow and that the real magic was the friends she made along the way and I am fucking glad that that's not the message of a lot of children's media anymore. I am so glad that that phase went away, and now, like, if if any kid wants to be Spider-Man, it's because of, of some extenuating circumstances forcing the fact that they have to, like, like learn and adapt to and develop skills around, because the patronizing guff of that kind of message comes from what I feel was a real learned experience in my lifetime of having to learn how to do small talk and socialize with people that, that being myself earlier than that was a, an actually like, like unattractive personality type that I had to work to change and that it has made my life better and other people's lives better. Why did we tell kids to just be their own shitty selves for so long when there's a lot of kids who have shitty personalities that they can like <laughs> learn social <laughs> skills and interesting topics and manners and politeness to overcome that struggle with? I definitely like the, I definitely like the idea of you going around to children and just being like, don't be yourself. You're be a shitty better. person. Be my idea. <laughs> Children are assholes by default. Be my idea of good people. <laughs> we put kids through school and shit to turn them from from greedy little monsters that, that smear shit all over your upholstery with their fingers in, into people who know how to say please and thank you before and after sentences. So were you a shitty kid? Yes. <laughs> I was a shitty kid who tried too hard to fit in with the cool kids, and it didn't work until I grew up and became an adult and put myself in a situation where I very rapidly had to learn small-talking social skills or be arrested by the cops for illegally camping during my bike tour. Yeah, I don't know. I... I, I I felt deeply offended by the underlying morals and message of the 1980s teenage rom comedy Teen Witch. 
did you enjoy it though? Was it, uh, was it good? Oh, it was, it was, it was fun trash. Yeah, it was good for a giggle. That's what matters. Totally, totally. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the movie I watched this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> it's been a good week for us all. Has it? Well, you and me, maybe. Um, Okay, I, I, I played a little bit more Spider-Man. Well, a little bit more. I played a few hours more of Spider-Man. Oh, and Spider-Man. My, my impressions of that game were juggling between... Oh, God. I don't want to dwell too long on it because I'm going to say the same fucking thing everyone else has said, and that is that it's a slick, polished, well-produced thing that you've played a jillion times before. And um, it, it, I, I worry that there's an underlying element of soullessness to it. Like, I have a question for you guys... And that is, how much of that game do you remember? Quite a bit of the story stuff. Okay, the tone got really weird all of a sudden. There was a terrorist attack. Hundreds of people died. They're, like, evoking 9-11. And and that that put the thing in a a tonally weird place. Um, Why? Because it's, it's, I mean, it's you Spider-Man. watch a lot of movies that have terrorist attacks and stuff like that. Why, why Spider-Man? Spider-Man films and stuff have explosions all the time. It's very hard for me to imagine Spider-Man swinging between Tower 1 and 2 while the plane's on its way, making a quip like, Hey guys, sorry to keep you hung up. That's why. I mean, he's... I don't really know how to answer that. It's Spider-Man. He saves the day... No matter what's happening, but he has a personality. That's the reason why I, I liked the it. story was probably one of the better parts of it. I'm, I'm the only one who liked it, apparently. I even said it when, it when was Jim okay. was on. Jim what was like, oh no. Jim was like, mm, not going to say anything about this one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you're the only person who this is one of the like, highest rated games? You just got 87 on Metacritic. Everyone was jerking off to this yeah. game for a good month last year. You know who agrees? <laughs> Nitro Rad. And. He's the only one who matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, James. He's a good boy. So, yeah, the scene where, where we see a first-person viewpoint of Miles Morales uh, uh, discovering the, 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 the shocking revelation of a, of a dead young loved one that, that fades to black and says two weeks later with, with no music in the background when all of a sudden... Jay Jameson comes on and starts screaming about conspiracy theories behind the latest terrorist attack that hit New York City. It's it it, it reminds me of of the day. Oh, when... I'm sorry. Doesn't that remind you of like a real life person named Alex Jones who also did the same bullshit and about hoaxes about yeah yeah no, which is a real thing that happened. It's a real thing. So it's very hard for me to imagine Spider-Man like swooping into to Alex Jones showing up at Sandy Hook Elementary and saying, "Sorry guys, I didn't want to keep you hung up." When uh, I. Uh, a lot of tonal weirdness in this. Would week. you not rather, if you were being saved from terrorists, would you not rather have a reassuring Spider-Man who's like trying to make you laugh through one of the most horrific experiences of your life? Uh, no, because it's not real. I, I. Then I, what is your complaint? I, I just, I, I just feel kind of dead when I'm playing it. You, you press the same three buttons over and over again on the correct frames and it feels good and I'm smiling and I'm happy and I'm having fun when I'm doing it. I just... I, I don't know if I feel like a human when I'm playing this game. 
It's, it's hard to describe. And you do it over and over again. It's, it's, is cheap thrills the term? Like, like when I'm playing Valhalla, I'm fear, I, I don't know if I even like it as much, but I feel like I'm experiencing this, this complex soup of weird human emotions. There, there are thoughts going through my head when I play one of these games and there aren't when I'm playing Spider-Man. I've, you know, I think he's going to like Valhalla, how depressing it gets. <laughs> When I snap my fingers, everybody says sure, I'm hot, and you're not. But if you want to hang with me, I'll give it one shot, top back. Supersonic, idiotic, disconnected, not respected. Who would ever really want to go and top that? Such a waste of pretty face, but hanging in your nose face. I wish that you would take a look and really stop that, top that. Well, stop that. I don't really give up about trying to top that. You finally take a real look and really stop that. What's this? Stop that. What gives? Stop that. I don't really give a about trying to stop that. Stop that. Big deal. Stop that. Unreal. You can try until you blue. I will make a fool of you. Stop that. Hello, and welcome back to the Cave of the Dead and Sons podcast, where you are welcome anytime. To discuss with us the various news topics of our <laughs> wonderful industry. Welcome to the sad cave. Add the echo and post. Yeah. We go over live to our correspondent, who weekly reports on the fa- fascinating news. Um, George. Actually, yeah, this week more fascinating than usual. True. We- yeah, this week, yeah. <laughs> we have two console reveals this week, technically speaking. Um, One super fucking weird, and another <laughs> super, super fucking, fucking weird. weird. Sony's doing the the year ahead tease. This reminds me back in two thousand four. I saw an article in in the copy of the official PlayStation magazine. My dad was buying for me as a kid, where they talked about how the next console would use Blu-ray and how it was going to be a revolutionary new way of of building consoles because the laser on the disc was blue and you could put like forty gigs on them. Yeah, they they historically have teased the next generation a year ahead of time with kind of like soft hype building about some tech specs before, and that's happening now in 2019 uh, with regards to whatever the next PlayStation's going to be, probably this the is PlayStation the Five. Weirdest way to officially announce <laughs> a new console. I don't know if we want to call it an announcement or not. It is. It's it, 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 it's a full yeah. acknowledgement. That a PlayStation Five. It's an acknowledgement, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's not that. It, 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 everybody, thanks to like Google Stadia and all this kind of stuff, that is like whatever the next generation of gaming is going to be. People have been questioning it for like two years now. Is it? Is this the death of the consoles? The Switch is like this weird hybrid that will be able to sort of sit on its own because it does this other thing. But in terms of like traditional box under the television type consoles is this like the final generation but now it's like playstation and sony are just kind of like nope we're doing this 8k thing that'll have backwards compatibility it'll have psvr and all this other stuff and it has like an ss a solid state drive and yeah 
We're making it, and so, we're going uh, to tell Wired about it. Wired had an exclusive <laughs> so interview with Mark Cerny and um, a little bit of a demo where they just kind of sort of ran Spider-Man in some uh, more beefier hardware where the camera can swoop through the city faster uh, to to get us a little bit hyped for whatever the next console is going to be. There's an 8-core AMD GPU. Uh, they're pushing ray tracing. One little interesting aspect of, of the tech here is a dedicated audio processing chip. He talks a lot about the importance of, of high-quality 3D audio design. And Matt and I and now Liam might have realized that when you can move your head around in a VR world and have uh, point of references that line up with your actual ears for audio. Mm-hmm. Actually, come to think of it, that's a good question. It's how the Labo VR does audio. Um, it... Well, that's even weirder because that has the audio like playing. If you're not wearing headphones, it's obviously playing right in front of your face because the switch is on your face. So the speaker is right there. It is kind of it, it works. It really works. Might anyway. want to try it with headphones eventually, because yeah. that's like the next step up in immersion. Like, audio is really important yeah. for good VR experiences, and, you know, the evangelist in me wants to suspect that's why they're pushing it. Because another big factor of this that gets me tickled pink is that they've said already in this weird, like, year ahead before a r- official reveal... Um, of the of the console itself, they have already said that it will be backwards compatible with current PSVR sets, and I would not be surprised if they did a PSVR two when this generation rolls around because the PSVR could use some big upgrades for for major setbacks it's it's facing. Those controllers specifically need to be replaced, but this does take the pressure off of people like Liam who know that the next generation is going to be coming, but are still interested in buying PSVR for now. Um, Cerny says they're not going to go into details of that VR strategy other than the backwards compatibility uh, and and that VR is very important to us. Uh, Evidently, they're still hiring people for VR, but um, this console also will not be at E3. It won't be at 2019, so very much consider this like a tease of of, uh, of an announcement. It's It's weird because people don't realize it will have like adverse effects on PlayStation 4 sales. Like people will be like, Oh, there's a new thing coming out. Why would I buy the old one? And it feels like it's happening a little faster than usual. And then I looked at the date and yeah, no, we're like hitting a five year generation, like in the, the nineties and oddies, the previous seven year generation was, was an exception. It's, it's about time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a new console, well, a, a next-gen console reveal at at E3 next year. Oh, yeah. More, well, I don't know. PlayStation and Sony aren't even at E3 anymore, so... I feel oh, like yeah. nothing's been released. I feel like the only thing... Maybe, okay, the Switch The Switch has been doing well. I'm, I'm talking more the about Switch the... Switch has been out for two years already. And it, it seems to already be doing... Oh, that's why the else. generation feels so young, actually. It's because the Switch just came out, and it feels like such a great pillar next to the current ones, whereas the Wii U was this weird, like, middle-generational thing that yeah. had more specs in common with the previous one. Yeah. Well, not even that. Like, this generation has also been dominated by, like, VR as well, and having, like, VR be this... This VR is about generation. as new as the Switch too, and in terms of like mass popularizing it and getting the the 
the, the more successful products like the uh, PSVR and the Microsoft lineup of headsets going. So yeah, this generation also saw a, a mid-step up of upgraded consoles like the Xbox One X and the PlayStation 4 Pro, and Microsoft unveiled a, another one, a new version of the Xbox One that is uh, the Xbox One S All-Digital Edition. Did they learn nothing from the PlayStation Go? Uh, I, yeah, I, my, my, I, I don't know if this is for me, and I don't know if I'm going to have a strong opinion about this so much as saying that the Xbox One sad uh, reminds me a lot of that disastrous reveal they did in 2013, where the original version of the X-Bone they revealed was discless. It pushed heavy TV features. It had the mandatory connect. All I can say is if they're going down this road, thank God they're doing it now, years later, as an optional rather than the mandatory way of rolling out their console. Thing is, though, like it's only $50 cheaper. And the yeah, loss... I was gonna say the price is weird. You like, I'd be interested if it was like a hundred and fifty dollars because I download mm-hmm. most of my games digitally anyway. And Xbox Game Pass sounds like a fun time, but like two hundred dollars, I'll just shell yeah. the extra fifty for a fucking a uh, disc drive. The that that sounds like they're marking off the cost of a cheap disc drive from the hardware. When for the consumer's point of view, they are losing a lot of value off of the permanent record of collections that having collection of of disc can give. I I bet people would be more down for this than they think if the price was a lot, lot cheaper. Yeah. And it's, and it does yeah, make sense be... to me. It makes a hell of a lot more sense to me doing this now than, than <laughs> building the whole console off of it and doing a reveal. In fact, I'm almost surprised there aren't more discless options. As, like, physical media and discs go away, I just... Ugh. I just, I just well, want to make sure Microsoft I have... are rumored to want to step into, like, streaming as well. Yeah, If this that's... is kind of their... Um, move forward then this is their sort of tasting the water a little bit in my opinion you're going to release something like this yeah you release it cheaper maybe a little bit smaller if you can the storage has to be bigger yeah yeah, yeah that's the thing the they're going to save money on disk drives but they're going to have to spend more on hard drives and how much is the the it's one terabyte and if you can, if you can, make it an SSD, if you can. Now, I know I understand that's hard. But if you, if it had to be a one, uh, one terabyte, make it an SSD. And then drive that's it home what, like an SSD because everyone always switches it out anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's what Mark Cerny's real hyped about, about the next PlayStation. He's real hyped about them switching over to SSDs. Because hard drives are slow, man. After you yeah. get an SSD, you notice the difference, yeah. It's drastic. It's night and day. It's not like some type of thing that's like, oh, no, no, that's just for luxury. No, no, it's, it's a huge difference. And, and it's interesting hearing um, in the PlayStation interview for, for the new PlayStation, Mark Cerny's talking about how game design should change to accommodate that. Loading screens should be less common now. Uh, loading multiplayer games that have you selecting a loadout during a loading screen is a dynamic that he expects will change as the, uh, the SSDs become more popular. I mean, we can do stuff like that now anyway. We should be able to do way more. We shouldn't even have loading screens in the next generation, to be honest. Um, speaking of long loading screens... Oh, that was a segue. Uh, Jason Schreier <laughs> did a, a, a big expose story that we hadn't talked about the past few weeks about the troubled development of Bioware's Anthem. Um, 
Apparently, according to the anonymous developers he is quoting, this was a very secretive project that the a lot of sort of a, a clicky company culture was keeping under wraps until it might have been too late to get a long, beautiful, timely development schedule going. And and one question that I actually had for Liam is is this dynamic he speaks here of how the game was in development for seven years but only entered production in final eighteen months. What's the uh, the the jargon there? What's the difference between development and production? Well, development is like the whole process from like the genesis of the idea to when the game is released, right? Mm-hmm. That is the development of the game, right? And the development mm-hmm. goes through multiple stages of pre-production production you know alpha beta full release whatever right it depends on the studio you're at and whatever they so so production is considered a step of development yeah so probably what happened in the case of anthem my guessing would be especially from reading that article is that they had the idea for what it what was it called dylan um dylan yeah that was a code name for the project for a while they Uh, obviously had that named after bob dylan not just a normal ordinary the the bland (laughs) white guy in my head i'm picturing yeah like it's obvious they had ideas for dylan like they had the concept art they had their ideas and it will have had a code name but they just will have not had the time to put a team together and that can happen and you can have this concept art and uh uh you know you could have like a prototype or something that just sits there for years and years and technically it's in development because it exists and people might tweak it and tune it or like look at it now and again but obviously bioware have been making and pumping out games a lot over the past like 10 years they made like dragon quest a uh, dragon quest dragon age 2 and then like they made uh, inquisition and they made all the dlc and then obviously they made they they ended the mass effect trilogy and then they did andromeda like they are a big studio but they're not that big and that they are these are big games like big rpgs that take a long time and obviously from what we've read they've all kind of had trouble development so they probably just never got around to it until like once dragon age inquisition ended they were like okay shit we need a we need to get a team on this thing because like ea is like publishing it now and dylan has promised and let's just see how it goes and it probably just wasn't fleshed out so it existed probably in some form but they never actually just got around to actually making the game until quite late he, he speaks to kind of an exclusionary office culture um keeping this project away from the rest of the team while the team was also that is no that is like a lot That's of studios to like imagine. internal NDAs where you can't even tell uh, people in the own in the studio you work you work with even if they can see your screen like you can't tell them what you're doing and stuff <laughs> wow. like that that happens a lot so while while that was happening they also never really seemed to be able to get a grasp over how to make third-person RPG games including even a third-person team shooter on the Frostbite engine that has something like a, a 24-hour um, cycle for for baking lighting. So so I guess you got to play around with with the lighting one day at a time behind the scenes here on this game. Um, uh, Casey Hudson also left the original Anthem team um, to become the the general manager of Bioware. Then that slowed it down. David Gator, who was the writer. Uh, left as well 
there's some subtle hinting and in, in some quotes that he was kind of frustrated over how the project was failing to find a direction and, and formulate itself. And at that point when he left, it had to be rewritten from scratch. And uh, all those all those things combined together into a rush unwieldy project that wasn't even supposed to be named Anthem. It was supposed to be called Beyond, but they had trouble securing the rights for it. I wonder why, David Cage. So, Bioware ended up responding to Kotaku, at first with a defensive blog post saying it's it's not cool to trash people in the game industry. <laughs> that cause... came out five minutes after the article, and if anybody's seen the article, it's fucking long, so there Names... is no way they read it. <laughs> Names were named in Schreier's piece, that is true, but I don't I don't know if the intention was as, as disrespectful as, as uh, Hudson initially thought thought it was because later on after unpopular feedback for that first post uh casey hudson wrote another one saying that they actually decided to take a look at themselves restructure themselves corporately try to open up and keep uh this this clicky exclusionary attitude out of the business and um that's cool it's cool seeing a better response than usual to um, um, scandalous news stories. Like, that's the whole idea, right? Jason Schreier published this stuff not to disrespect it and to trash it, but to get the team to figure out how to make better games on a better schedule. Hmm, I don't think scheduling was the problem with this game. So, Casey Hudson is uh, now swearing up and down that they're going to have a more focused studio and values so that we have clarity on what we're hearing and how we define a high standard. Um, defining better role clarity so that people can succeed better against clear expectations. Production changes that will provide for clearer project vision as well as a significant post-production period. And updated studio structure so that department directors can be fully focused on individual career support and well-being. <laughs> way to... Way to... Wait, 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 wait to try to play that PR game. That, this, this, this all sounds like, like good stuff. Well, I hope and, uh, they do it. I out, hope out of for a shitty guys. situation. Yes. I hope for those guys who had to suffer through some... Re- like, reading that type of article is just like, is like ah, memories. <laughs> I remember those days. Oh, dear. It, it gave you flashbacks. Yeah, it was like PTSD. And it, it, but it's the thing. It's, it's all too common in the, in the games industry, especially, especially in AAA. Doesn't surprise me. It's kind of sad. You, uh, coming from you, that's, that's, that's verification. You know better than the rest of us. I, I mean, it's, it's sad because obviously if you current, like I'm one of, I guess you count me as one of the lucky ones. I worked on a game that came out, sold millions, has an incredibly high Metacritic, whereas those guys who slaved away for the years and months and put them through put themselves through mental breakdowns to get the work done for then the response of anthem to be what it was is i can't even imagine it must be so hard it's not just like making you know like you work on something for you know let's use like youtube burnout for example mm. like you know making a videos constantly and stuff like that and then just get yeah, all these comments and people just shitting all over you and <laughs> doing that kind of thing right but imagine that on like a four-year scale that's hard for me to imagine where, yeah where you have been working nights 
and you've barely slept and you've been crying because something's not worked or you're fallen out with people over making decisions and stuff you've gone through the ups and downs of like four years of development and the game comes out and then it gets like a 50 on metacritic it is like critically panned and everybody's like oh, using it as memes as an example of bad games oh like, i have i have places to take this this thought to yeah um who do you think feels shittier actually this is probably an easier question than i initially thought it was who do you think feels shittier about a job gone wrong at the end of the day a overworked crunched triple-a developers who work for years on a game that ends up getting panned and or b the guy thank god they did not release who nor were they pinning blame on on whoever is patient zero here the construction workers that accidentally set notre dame on fire who do you think is like more embarrassed about their job well, one of them might get fixed, and I think the Notre Dame will get fixed faster than Anthem. <laughs> Ooh, so damn. That... <laughs> this just in. Ubisoft has announced that they're uh, going to be donating significant amounts to the, the fundraiser to restore Notre Dame, and they also are releasing Assassin's Creed Unity for free. That 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 came out like wow. I hope, we were I, recording. I, okay, Unity? okay, okay. But 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 Unity. guys, mm-hmm. I really hope. <laughs> yeah, I really but... hope they patch out the bugs where, if you go into the Notre Dame and collision is missing, it could be quite insulting. So. <sighs> Speaking of AAA <laughs> games that have a lot of work and budget poured into them and don't release well, this is just bringing multiple stories full circle, isn't it? Yeah. Unity? So supposedly, yeah. supposedly Unity is not that bad these now? days. They they oh, released these days. Okay. free DLC. So. They they put out a bunch of patches. Can you imagine if you went in it and like it's they're giving it away for free and you walk into like the Notre Dame in the game and like half the collisions missing because of bugs and it just looks like it's been burnt down? Oh, would you rather ride on a ship that didn't have holes that need to be patched or a ship that got patched (laughs) multiple times? I would rather ride on the ship that was well constructed in the first place that maybe sort of had some some ingenious tricks from maybe even a millennia ago preventing the damage from being worse. I like that we can talk about this. If Notre Dame burned worse, we wouldn't be able to joke about it. It would be like a real genuine tragedy. I mean, it still is a tragedy. It's... Oh yeah, no, don't I don't, I don't mean to downplay, but it's also uh, kind of kind of inspiring seeing both how the uh, how well the original structure stands up and how well the uh, the coverage of it has been. How how the world really. I get that, but I also get a certain sense. Like, oh, I don't even want to go into this. I don't even know what I'm saying. But I actually felt like kind of sad that so many people, so many world leaders, I should say, oh. are <laughs> willing to donate millions. To rebuild the Notre Dame, but uh, there are uh, other places uh, in the world that need a lot uh, more of that uh, money. That poorer people outside of France. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's a conundrum, right? How do you reconcile these these uncomfortable facts of of the way our society works? Like we'll give we'll give millions to the Notre Dame, but we'll leave all the poor Puerto Rican people who are still suffering without like, electricity and shit. Like, yeah. 
like that, that that was like that is like a little weird to me it's it's but it's also totally valid and totally true yeah yeah i mean i get a thousand percent that the notre dame is like one of the most beautiful historical buildings in the world and it needs repairing but also there are people who need that money <laughs> it, it represents centuries of struggle that still continue to this day as faced by people who probably need the money more than the building. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> oh, don't die. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, before we, anyway, uh, you know, dig, dig ourselves. Deeper into loving buildings. Oh, the hole is already deep, this podcast. I don't know how much we edited it out, but <laughs> whew, we're Speaking in there. Holes, we're with the pigs. We should dig into the, we should dig into the mailbag hole. <laughs> Why you gotta say it like that? Speaking of the mailbag hole, we need new hole. questions in the inbox. Mailbag hole. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, have any comments, come toss your letters into our hole. If if you want to um, paper um, argue, fill our hole. If you want to argue about who deserves the money more, <laughs> poor people or the Notre Dame Cathedral, please send in your your statements. Of of your opinion to dad and sons podcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you want to ask us about video games, that that'd be cool too. Uh, I mean, sometimes we we got two fun little questions here. First one is Ooh. from Jordan W, who uh, is is digging it. <laughs> Old uh, dogmas of, of video games. Hey guys, how do you feel about Ocarina of Time's supposed standing as, quote, the best game ever slash greatest game of all time? Is it or was it ever a valid claim or is it just nostalgia? Is the game flawless? Asking as a newcomer to the Zelda franchise. Flawless? I, I could no. tell you my life story as it relates to Ocarina of Time. Flawless? No. Yeah, I don't know about flawless, though. I don't know if, if that, that game was is ever... so trash. But when it came out, I'm, I'm it's joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you're like, gonna don't don't turn me into a fanboy. <laughs> there was definitely there's like there's definitely an argument that it's one of the most influential games of all time, um, and I definitely think for like the period of like two to three years after it came out, leading up to like the next generation of consoles that had like the PlayStation Two era of games and then the GameCube yeah. games of like Resident Evil Four and stuff, it sat. In that pantheon of being one of the best games ever made, for and, sure. And then stuff like Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 and then the Grand Theft Autos would show up later and uh, challenge it for that throne as it should. Yeah, like the PlayStation 2 era stuff, yeah. That's something like you Grand, don't hear as Grand often as in previous uh, years is Zacharina being the, the best game ever. And that is something that I did genuinely believe up until Me around too. the time I was playing Me San too. Andreas and MGS3, and I was like, huh, okay, there's some other... They're, they're catching up. The rest of the guys are catching up. Honestly, until I probably played Super Mario Galaxy on the Wii... I honestly still thought Ocarina of Time was pretty much one of the best games of all time. Because there wasn't really a Zelda game coming out in between that that could have changed that theory. And for, I mean, although my opinion of that game right now is different to how I felt back then, and if I wouldn't probably ever play Ocarina of Time again, I'm happy never playing that game again. I did play the 3DS. Ooh, I don't port, know about that. Like a couple of years ago. Mm. 
Ocarina of Time is the reason I live in Japan and working games right now, for sure, like 100%, no doubt. It is the reason I am on this podcast. It's the reason I have my channel. Exactly. It is 100% the reason I am here, in both regards, on the podcast and also just working in games in Japan. My my opinion of of the game's quality and how well it's aged, sure as hell, has dwindled over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. But my reverency for it, I feel, has stayed the same, if not increased, because yeah. I still feel like if you want to get a kid to fall in love with video games and what they can do, sitting them in front of Ocarina of Time might be the surest possible method of, of making that it's, happen. Cause it, it certainly did for me and my it brother. It does a lot to make a, a true classic, I feel, that I've... like. I can't say it's grown up with me at time at, over time, but I've grown up to appreciate it, especially when I learned more about Shintoism and the three regalia of Japan, and how they're really... In order to be the emperor of Japan, you have to go to uh, these these temples and find secret artifacts that are hidden throughout throughout Japan. And nowadays, they're, they really just kind of get presented to the emperor during a ceremony. But that makes Zelda make so much more sense. And there was also a conscientious effort at Ocarina to incorporate a lot of um, the, the kind of Western hero mythos with the Arthurian sword in the stone and following a lot of the Joseph Campbell hero's journey tropes. And it's, I consider it like a, a cultural touchstone piece in that regards. Like, it is a video game classical legend. It's, uh, it, it, it you know, like, like the Odyssey, it might not exactly be appropriate to, to worship heroes who, who, who evoke values that, that, that we have found to be destructive over the years, but we still got to give it credit where credit's due. Like, Ocarina was a, was a formative touchstone that, yeah. that pulled from a lot of classical resources to evoke the, the cultures of what it was trying to represent and appeal to the cultures of who it was trying to get to. And, uh, like, like, like it's an earnest effort to make a romantic grand adventure of a video game hero journey. And I, I appreciate that. I, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It is, it is most definitely the most influential game upon my life. And the, the one thing that will certainly never change is it will always appear on game of the year, uh, uh, game of all time lists for now and forever. That will never change no matter what I think. Matt, how do you sort of feel about Ocarina of Time? As a guy who didn't play at launch, like, is it nostalgia? I would say definitely. Yes. <laughs> is the game flawless? Yes. Hell no. 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 Hell no. <laughs> No, not even a no. little bit. <laughs> I'd argue with you a bit on the nostalgia, but I'm not arguing about flawless. That game's camera, that game's level design, that game's hints and puzzle systems, they are not flawless. Oh, no, level design even now I think is tight. Apart from, like, maybe the fucking desert temple, the Gerudo Valley fucking but witch sister bullshit. The thing is, is there's nothing wrong with being the greatest of all time at the time. With, yeah, yeah. You know, they pushed the bar at the time. In fact, that, that's the best you can possibly be, realistically speaking. Yeah, you can't. You can't go like. Of course, games are better now. Like technology is different. Everything is different. That game was a stepping stone for a lot of things. Just like, um, you know, Lord of the Rings or um, any of those types of like books inspired like movies of elves yeah. and and all that. Like you wouldn't have certain things now if things didn't come before and i think like like z targeting yeah camera lock-ons exactly and zelda maybe it's 
it, it's super weird because everyone will like refer back to a link to the past being super inspirational and it certainly was but it was inspirational for like a lot of zelda clones like there was a lot of like konami made like a ton of like zelda's like weird clone things and like there was a lot of 16-bit adventure games that were inspired by a link to the past but after Ocarina of Time, there wasn't Zelda clones. There was just, like, a whole new genre of video games. It was, like, the action-adventure game. Mm-hmm. Like, games like Fable and stuff like that that just came out and of... Star Fox Adventure. That was a good... <laughs> <laughs> Anyone remember that? No. John Tron does. <laughs> okay. This is the one with the dinosaurs? Stairfax Temperatures. <laughs> and you play as the Fox Girl. Dinosaur Planets. Oh, my God. You know what I just realized? Dinosaur Planets. John Tron's Star Fox Adventures video that I might not be on this podcast right now if that didn't exist. Really? Yeah, yeah, that was... We uh, have John Tron to thank for joy. Those were good old times, huh, George? Uh, good old times. <laughs> those were much better older times. Yes, you are correct. All right. And that's all, folks. It's all and that's such... How did we get um, from awkward of time to shitting on John? No. <laughs> anyways, anyways, let's let's get back on track. Let's get back mm-hmm, on track. Mm-hmm. We have any more thoughts about about Ocarina time and its reverency and and all the little things that have influenced us that would cause us not to be here if we hadn't countered them? Um, yeah. <laughs> any any more any more examples of those things that you know might not have aged well, guys? Final Fantasy Seven. Final Fantasy Seven is like one of the other examples of that time. Where it will forever, it'll never go away. It will oh, always be considerable. Matt, Matt has thoughts. Matt recently played it, actually. Yeah, Matt loved this one, right? I, I, um, what, what which one? Wait, what? FF Seven. Final Fantasy Seven. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, you know my thoughts. Uh, the first disc was was really magical, but I, I feel like it was a lot of nostalgia that. That uh, made me love that first disc. But that's the first I loved I think it that's as a thing. kid. I'm afraid to go back. You don't. After you play the first disc, and you know the, the grinding, <laughs> and the and you don't really grind too much. You don't have to grind much. You can still beat the game by just like really stumbling yourself through the game. Like you don't have to sit back and grind. That's if you want to do all the extra stuff. And you know, I I didn't do too much of the extra stuff. I just went through. You know, I played a couple of the mini games, whatever, and just went through. And you can do that, but is it amazing after those that first strong first disc? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not, and and it's it not a weird. bad game like, at all. It's just it's just not the greatest of all time or anything like that. But back in the day, back in the day when you was. had time, yeah. you came home, you had that one game, you played that one game. Yeah, that that yeah. made sense back in the day. Nowadays, you don't want to sit here and it's, go through this boring crap. It shows like it shows like a great amount of growth in you as a person if you can look back on those things that you love so much and truly realize now the reality of it, like going back and being like, you know what? I remember why I adored this game so much at the time Mm -hmm. and how much this game had an impact on other things that I love. But 
it is not flawless. It has this problem. This is not great. I didn't really think about this when I first played. That shows at least a tremendous amount of growth as you as a person instead of like immediately just going like, no, Ocarina of Time is the yeah. best game yeah, of I all would time. Be, I would be worried about myself if my favorites hadn't changed since I was 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you got to open your mind up to, to new things. And I, I'm not saying that if you absolutely still love Ocarina of Time that you, you need to grow up, little kid, but it's Oh, just maybe you want to play a few more games because trust me, there is games out there that you probably would love if you like. Like, and drunk with robot sex workers in Valhalla. Yes, you might love that because you connect with it in some way. They made that game more ways than for one. a reason. That, that's a very oh, interesting oh, story. More holes than Man. one. I'm getting real nostalgic though with this topic. Do you guys remember when everyone had a FF7 avatar on on their forum profile? Yeah, everyone was Cloud and Tefa. I was a I was uh, probably more of the Zelda crew, <laughs> but but I still saw a lot of them. I I I was in a in a Star Wars Sephiroth. forum during a lot of my my adolescence. I play a lot of the Jedi Knight games. I'm looking forward to Jedi Order, but I know it's not going to control as good. And yeah, even on the Star Wars forums, everyone had FF avatars. I remember reading a lot of uh, fanfiction.net Final Fantasy VII spinoffs. Everyone loved Final Fantasy VII in, du- during the new millennium. Like, I want to say up until 2007, eight. Yeah. Like, I just remember Newgrounds being flooded with, like, Zelda and Final Fantasy-based animations, like, and, by and Legendary Frog and the Super Flash Brothers and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, the Legendary Frog, uh... Do, yeah, do, I do, do, only do, do, play do, do, the games that no magazines Yeah, and this is why I'll it's never have for a me. wife. It's the only one I need. <laughs> Super Mario it's RPG the was only game was so that great. I play. Wow, true legendary frog. That that's a name I haven't you, heard in a long, long time. You you know what game I can go back to though that I. Really, I can still play to this day. Is Poppy Super Mario World? Yeah, yeah, timeless. It's fucking amazing. It's kind of and timeless, has right? not aged. Yeah. Like, I, of <laughs> course, there's nostalgia with it, but like, I don't know. There's like so much to do. It's a huge game, and it feels good. Like, yeah. it controls good, even and, though and it's given back then. the the relatively simple nature of its graphics and gameplay, I don't. It's hard to imagine even like quality of life features. They Save states would be n- nice, and once you got that out of the way, though, what else can you even do with it? I don't yeah. know. It's amazing. To me, that's, it's one of the be- it. That, to me, is one of the best games. Yeah, it's a good game to come back to. I, I played it recently the other day, actually. I still remembered where the keys were, and I was just like, oh, this, this, is, this is nice. This is nice. This is real nice. I still remember what happens when you get collect everything. I remember doing that with a friend, you know, in the upstairs apartment. We collected everything, and everything changed. Uh, all the graphics changed, and everything. I was like, "Man, I, it, uh, man, my mind was blown back then." Oh, you know, so uh, good. Jordan, I love those Jordan's, things. Jordan's a newcomer to the Zelda franchise, and I'm gonna like. I was thinking of Star Wars just now. I'm gonna give it an analogy to Star Wars. You kind of gotta be a kid when you see this stuff to, to have it latch on to you the way it did with us. Yeah. I still think you could play Ocarina of Time, the 3DS port, and you would have a good time. Like, like, if you're playing sure. Ocarina of Time as an adult in 2019, you're probably not going to get why children in 1998 would have grown up thinking it's the best game ever. Yeah. 
So maybe play other stuff from the time to be able to uh, build that contextual point of reference for, for what it was doing that other games were. Go play Quest 64. Yeah. <laughs> play Mega Man Legends. Go play Quest 64 and then play Ocarina of Time and you'll kind of understand why. Play those back-to-back against Metal Gear Solid, Ocarina of Time, and Half-Life 1, and then maybe you'll get it. <laughs> like, 3D games were shit before before that, like, trifecta. Hey. Like Super Mario 64, of course. Yeah. Like, ten years from now, when VR is different, and you go back to play Job Simulator, like, why did everyone like Job Simulator? Because it was the only game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why did everybody like Labo VR? This fucking butter-ass resolution can't see <laughs> shit. And then something like Super Hot VR comes out, and it's it's like the one with soul and energy. And anyways, I don't know if people will remember Super Hot VR. Super I well. Hopefully they will. Um, let's move on to the next question because we've been at that one for a while. Yeah. Uh, and that was not even that complicated of a question. Shandon P asks, if you were a game company, what kind of snacks would you force your employees to have to eat in the break room? Fruit. Because I've had free pizza for four years and it is not good for you. It's not. Fruit. I, I, like, I I would force health down the... um, last night. Um, I cut up some pears, some apples, some kiwi, and some bananas, delicious. and it was delicious. I would definitely agree with fruit, probably more healthier Honestly, options. Honestly, fresh fruit, yeah, free fresh fruit every day, mm-hmm. and good fruit. Take as many Not as that trash want. stuff. I I yeah. would give them a bathtub full of hummus with mm-hmm. never-ending pita. Maybe some maybe some celery on there. Maybe that's some, uh, that's how you save Anthem's development. Ooh, <laughs> good snacks. Damn. I'm pretty sure those guys had more pizza than they could probably handle. Ugh. I initially answered this question though was was the actual Square Enix method: <laughs> fill a closet full of calorie mates. Oh, oh, that's gross. I mean, in Japan, you could give them all the mineral jelly, that's... all the vitamin jelly. It's pretty good. Actually. You know. Unsalted popcorn is a good work snack. It's like keeps your, your 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 face and your mouth busy. It's it's nice having something to chew on yeah. while while tacking away at a computer. A yogurt, a yogurt's a good snack. Mm. I think it's. Um, I mean, if we're going if we're going traditional, if we're going traditional, I like a traditional video game studio. If you want to really video game it up, it's fucking pizza. <laughs> yeah. Pizza. I was Mountain about to Dew, say, I Doritos. think it's important to note that this is a fantasy scenario. In reality, we'd probably just get pizza. But Well, but, that's the reality of most uh, companies. If money wasn't an option, if physics weren't an option, fruit. man, never-ending hummus. Because trying to force people to eat fruit, you know, that's going to be a bad, it's going to be a bad conversation, man. Like even, yeah, but if it was part of your contract, right? <laughs> you have to eat if, fruit. If it was part, if it was no, no, no. If it was part of the contract that you had to eat whatever the company provided for you in the morning as like a snack, I would make sure that the snack that was designated to be mandatorily eaten would be a banana or something. Unless you have a doctor's note saying you're allergic to bananas. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm allergic to fruit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Get this banana down here. I'd want to fill donuts, the closet man? up with, uh, with, with Fallout 4 promotional branding Nuka-Cola. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Awesome uh, GTA Pissfasser beer. 
Mm, do they do they sell that? I remember we got like some. I'd buy it. I'd buy mock a piss washer. Cans? I don't mm. know if they had anything in them. I can't remember. Piss washer. Well, there you go. There, there you go. go. <laughs> yeah, send I your just... emails. Send your mail to our hole. I'm like amazed at how funny I thought the answers to that question would be, and how actually like reasonable and realistic <laughs> we approached it. <laughs> like I thought everyone was gonna be like wall chicken, uh, uh, red potions. <laughs> Heart <laughs> refill, and no, we're just like yeah, uh, hummus and, and each other's fruit, children. But, but who are we kidding? We're probably just gonna do pizza. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my lawsuit. Anticlimactic. We're we're we we need to be goofier. We we need to to <laughs> goofy refill oh, our batteries, no. get our senses of humor back, mm. and go to sleep. Well, one of us needs to do that, and that's me, obviously. But yeah. Oh it's yeah, like, Matt. your day is only just ended. It's like Twelve a.m. here, dude. Come on, dude. It's like two a.m. here, so you know the two-hour gap between us is like yeah, man. It's super insane. hard, man. <laughs> it's sixteen XM where I am, and I just, I'm just, I'm melting into my chair. Living in the twilight zone. <laughs> what is that a reference of? I, it's almost seventeen o'clock over here. I gotta, I gotta go yeah. launch myself into the sleeping refresh capsule of my spaceship. <laughs> you guys saw the pictures of the black hole, right? Yes, of course. Y yeah, the the Xbox red ring. You were watching time getting sucked out of the universe in that picture. Is that crazy or what? It's amazing. It's what? truly fucking amazing. How, the, how are we gonna calculate time if if we're traveling through space and it gets wacky around black holes? What is even weirder is that was a, an event that happened millions of years ago. Like, it's time being sucked away millions of years ago. Right. Maybe. So it's time that existed millions of years ago that has now longer, no longer existed for millions of years. Maybe one day, 17 o'clock XM will become a thing. I have a question before we end. Yes. Um, that black hole made me really think about this video I watched recently, which is um, a time lapse of the future. Which shows what would happen. Um, it's a theory of what would happen later on after uh, millions and millions and trillions well, I, of years. I think I've seen that. Right, like nature reclaims the land, kind of thing. Um, and we all die. Um, and yeah. <laughs> we have to no go to the stars. No spread. No spoilers there. Yeah, yeah. All the stars <laughs> die, and and black holes. Uh, yeah, yeah, are everywhere. Um, so I I wanted to ask uh, because for me. I know my answer. Would you, if you had a chance to be immortal, would you live forever? Ah, oh, I've thought about this so many times. I would live forever, be just so I can just see what happens to the world. I'm just so. Yeah, but what interested. if you're floating in space? Yeah, mm -hmm. what happens after the world's done? Like you got you got a lot of time to to float around to whatever next planet has has intelligent creatures, and that might not make it worth it. That, I mean, everything has a price, dude. Everything has a price. No, no, but you'll see so many things that you'll eventually reach the heat death of the universe, where it will just be you in the middle. Yeah, when when the black holes suck everything down, eventually, what do you do? Everything has no, a no, price. Like <laughs> that is the price. Yeah. Living forever <laughs> has a price.
you will be I, my answer might go is, is then a resounding no i'd like to i'd like to live for a very long time but it's the going insane part that that i feel is the part of immortality i don't want yeah that worries me yeah, yeah seeing everyone you love die around you because then you're insane forever Lovely. that's yeah that's a tough one because you you would love and then and then get over it and then love and then get over it <laughs> mm-hmm. and then love and then get over it and you would just see multiple people die who you loved. Yeah. Do you have infinite love, though, even though you have infinite life, Matt? Actually, see, mm. the thing is, I'd want a hard cutoff date, basically. I'd, I'd want to be... There might be a like, way like, for like, you to kill yourself. That might could be uh, yeah, I mean, like I, your that's, journey. To, that's implied. Then, Are yeah. we talking vampire immortality, where they can be killed, but they just don't get diseases or old age? Because that sounds nice. That sounds perfect, actually. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'd want that kind of immortality. Not like, not I can get crushed down to a cell and I just have to be a conscious floating cell if if someone decides to try to kill me. Like, that would suck. I would say that nothing can kill you. The worst, like, it, it has to be something drastic. Because you get to yeah, live forever. Yeah, that's no. not going to be worth it in the no. long run. Because eternity is no. a hell of a lot longer than the interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would still choose it wow brave call me crazy well you can report back next week <laughs> i uh, tweet at me i would probably i would love to hear people's answers actually uh i need a joint for this conversation <laughs> yes yeah uh, well it's not legal over there in atlanta is it it's not right it's legal over here my brother it's legal over- when you come over here man i'll show you a good time you know what i'm saying <laughs> Uh, yeah. How did we have we ever had a joint conversation on this podcast before? No. Like just just I wish the most like fucking like, wish present- pretentious and presumptuous thought experiments that everyone does. We did just talk about Ocarina of Time for like twenty minutes. Yeah, that to me is like a video game joint conversation. Like, oh my god, do you remember Ocarina of Time? Oh shit, well, dude! I know what the title of this episode is going to be called. <laughs> 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 Do you remember our period of time? Oh shit, dude! Join us next week with uh, George's CBD oil and my TCH yeah. oil. Uh, yeah. And my fine, I'll get drunk because I guess it's all I can do. You should probably, you should probably do that one day. I should, a nice drunk podcast or show. You should do that. You guys don't realize I'm just drunk every episode at, at two a.m. That's the sun wise. Doing this podcast is unwise. <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. 